You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join us on Friday for our live show every Friday at noon. Spotify Green Room to get in on the action. I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network, Nuggets insider for 1043 The Fan in Denver. And I'm joined as always by Adam Marez from DNVR. Find him on Twitter at Adam underscore Marez. We're also, this show is also uh, on Nine News, by the way. If you go to Nine News in Denver, you can see a live, not live, but a recorded video version of this show in case uh, you want to see me making funny faces while Adam talks. Uh, on today's show, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs and the continuing injury apocalypse that has beset us all as we try and see who will be the last Highlander to survive the random <laughs> ligament injuries. Um, as Giannis Antetokounmpo goes down, we'll talk about Ugh. injury management, Nikola Jokic, what that means for next season. We'll talk about the importance of that going into next year as a whole uh, for the Denver Nuggets and managing all sorts of things related to injury because everything is extremely messed up with the players' bodies right now. And in the third segment, we've got some Damian Lillard talk because why not? We'll get to that in the third segment. Adam, let's start here. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks lose to the Atlanta Hawks in game four on Tuesday night. Um, I had a bet on the Bucks, and as soon as Trey Young was announced out, I immediately became concerned and was like, they're going to lose this game because that's how it goes in the NBA, in my experience, that oftentimes, if a team has any belief in itself whatsoever, if it, their star player goes out, guys rally, the other team has a letdown, you got the home crowd, everything goes that way. But more importantly, Giannis Antetokounmpo goes down with a knee injury. In the yeah, third let me game. interject though real quick, just because I – this game, I think Bucks win this game if Giannis doesn't go down when he did. The Bucks were yeah, already yeah. kind of surging back. Mm -hmm. like, just yep. had a classic, like, okay, you took their best punch, slowly chip away, and then win it. Yep. And they've done that a lot in these playoffs. Like, that's what they've done a lot. It's like trailed and everyone on Twitter being like, what's wrong with the Bucks? Why are they so terrible? This is such a fraudulent <laughs> team, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, the Bucks are within four. Oh, the Bucks have tied it. Oh, the Bucks are up four. Oh, the Bucks won. Right. But Giannis goes down with the, with the injury. Uh, there's reports, vague reports that I'm not 100% convinced by that it's I'm not convinced ACL related. That not convinced. they need, but they need to quote wait for the imaging. Yeah, just wait for the imaging. Just right. yep. wait for the imaging, uh, and then you can see kind of what happens from there. But look, I'll, I'll just you know he left, had to go to the locker room, came back out to the bench, and then went back to the locker room, was limping the whole time. How often do we have any injury that goes well? Like, I, I will say I, I'm hope I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I don't think I don't know I don't know what it is, but I'm hopeful. Like hyperextensions do happen. I put this on Twitter. I've done it two or three, maybe four times where I've hyperextended my knee without any ligament damage, and it was bad. And it like hurts really bad for a second, for maybe one minute, and then it only regular hurts. It feels like your leg is an inch too long, um, and that usually hurts like that for days. So it could still end up costing him this series or you know whatever. But there, there's at least in my mind, there's at least hope that he didn't tear an ACL, which would keep him out of next year's playoffs. I can't deal with that right now. I can't. I just, I can't. We've had, we've had too many. And I'm, I'm too depressed as is. Can um, you imagine if we lost Kawhi Leonard and Giannis for this year and next year? Can you just imagine if that were to happen? I'm, uh, 
so many injuries this year, but those two happened. We thought Murray's injury was like the worst timing, and there's been like five major injuries since that. Yeah, um, but the important thing is they're going to be done before the Olympics, Adam. Uh, that's that's, <laughs> that's the important. They made they made that money. Yeah, players and the and and the NBA did. They made that money, and that's that's what matters. Um, <clears throat> as far as the Nuggets go, this is another reminder that look. Jokic is a workhorse and he's sturdy and his body, his style of play is low impact. He's not a leaper. Uh, he's not, you know, doing a, a lot of like, he'll dunk every now and again, but he's not flying through the air or, or planting and doing all stuff. But like, look, it's basketball and it can yep. happen to anybody. Um, and so he went through more in the last year. Like imagine how much basketball he's played in the last calendar year compared to any other calendar dissection of his life. Yeah. Like it's yeah. so much more. We've talked a lot about, about the mental side and I do think that that's more important and why he needs a rest and why he needs a break. But the physical side also has to be a thing too. He's made two very, two playoff runs, three now, three playoff runs. The first was 14 games. The second was 19 games. And, you know, this one was 10 games after playing 72, all 72 in a truncated schedule. It's a lot of basketball. It's just a lot of basketball. Malone has made mention, Michael Malone has made mention that he wants to try and target some games for Jokic to rest manage next year and just plan it and bake it into the schedule. First off, I would assume that you're in favor of this concept. And if not, why not? Let's start there. Well, no, I definitely am. And it is a function, I think. It's twofold. One, it's a function of the last two years. I just think everybody needs to be careful because this is a lot of basketball and it's just a lot of stress. And I do think Jokic is going to get like four months off. It's going to be great. I, I do think that he should be able to come back next season somewhat rejuvenated. But the broader point that I think is really important is that the regular season and postseason are so different. And that's not to say that the regular season is not important, but – I do think, sadly, we are arriving at a place where just resting and staying fresh through the regular season is as important as all the other stuff. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish the regular season was all about developing chemistry and coming together. And it is partly that. But I also think that just having guys ready, you know, we were talking before the show, but Marcus Howard played in the playoffs. He didn't play in the regular season. That's probably right. Malone looks back on. He goes, it probably would have behooved us if I trusted him a little bit more so that it wasn't such a, Hey, you've never played for us before. Go out and guard Damian Lillard. Um, you know, if it wasn't that kind of situation. So going deeper, you know, resting guys, but also just going deeper into your lineup some nights to give guys opportunities to be ready when those moments come, I, I think will be a big part of next season. So you jumped to the second segment a little bit. And that's okay. Oh, we'll make crap. it work. I thought you were leading me there. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll make we'll make it work. We're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna navigate this. I I'm thought gonna, that's where you were taking me. I I'm gonna I'm gonna snake that. I'm gonna snake like in pick and roll here. Okay. Okay, Chris Paul. Uh and we'll hopefully make actually make shots as opposed to what he's doing right now. So to your point, I think that the that kind of one of the keys here is Malone, I think you, you've got me mention the Malone struggle with this. I thought that two years ago in 2000, not two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. I don't know how to say yeah, this anymore. So Adam, hard, what yeah. is time? In 1920, he did a really good job because remember when like 
Jokic was averaging like 30 minutes a game and we were wowed because we're like, Jokic is playing like less than 32 minutes yeah, a game. Yeah, you're actually right. Yep. It was um, weird how few minutes he played. Yeah. And that's because Malone could trust that team. That's the, like, this is part of the key. And this is always a thing. So uh, it came out after Quinn Snyder, after Den- Dennis Lindsay uh, resigned the other night. We talked about that. The Salt Lake Tribune reported that Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder had tension. And one of the tension mm-hmm. points was Lindsay saying, we want you to develop these young guys and not play the starters so much. Right. And, and Snyder basically saying, if you give me better players, I will play them more. Such a cool uh, thing, man. There's no yeah. forever be that tension. There will never be a team that like successfully year after year can say, Hey, you're not going to fire me. If we're not the one, two or three seed, you're going to, you're not going to, because the moment you do it and start playing, you're in the bench guys and you're a four seed. They're like, Hey man, this is not a four seed team. We're a two seed team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you told me to play, uh, you know, Oni. Yeah. Oni told me to play him 20 minutes a night in January. Yeah. You want me to develop the young guys. And this was the whole thing with MPJ too. Like this was a large part of it was especially early this season. You saw like Malone was really, he was as stressed as I've, I've ever seen him early in the season because not, not only that, that start, but really like they, you know, the last two seasons they've gone out gangbusters. Right. Yep. And this one, they didn't. And it, until you get to that place where you're 10 games over 500 and you're like, okay, we're going to be fine. We're going to make the playoffs. We're okay. You're worried that it's going to be that year that goes the other way and it all falls apart. And if you're asking like, well, yeah, but I mean like, what's the worst that can happen? Like Kevin McHale got fired because of that. Kevin McHale team went to the Western conference finals, Mm -hmm. then came back the next season, absolutely fell apart. And Kevin McHale was gone within two months. Like this is how it goes if you're a coach in the NBA. So I get the, the tension point there. Um, I do think Malone has managed has, I think this is a big thing is just that there, if you're going to do the, the, the rest management thing, there does have to be a coordinated plan and that plan. And the nuggets are very proud of how their front office ownership group and coaching staff all communicate. There has to be an alignment there with the play. And this is the other thing. It's got to be with the players too. Like you got to go to Jokic and be like, Hey man, we need you to sit 10 games because we don't want, you know, whatever to happen to you. Cause I think Jokic wants to play. I think Jokic would be like, well, let's just see how I feel. And if I feel good, I'll play. Cause that's what I do is I play do, basketball. Do you think his tune will change given how this year went? I do. No, I do. I think he I was know. tired. I think he was legitimately tired and worn down. I think so too. But I think, but here's the thing is I think, I think he was mentally tired He's back in Serbia. He's not playing in the Olympics. He's going to get 60 days for him to do nothing. Yeah. Not nothing. Whatever he wants to do. Travel the world. No. Nope, enjoy that. Nope. What? Ride chariots, I think, will be. Yeah. yeah that'll be yeah, it. Go to the beach. The world, go to the beach. Yeah. Beach. Yeah. yeah. Right. Go, go hang out, but do whatever you want with, yeah. with your, um, with your expecting yeah. wife. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's do whatever. But, I think that mental respite will, will help him and then he'll come back and he may come back and not be quite ready mentally for basketball. We might see another yeah, more see typical, that. more typical Jokic start oh, to the season. Crap, you're right. Yeah. We're totally but, kidding. What do we call it? What did we call the Moody Jokic starts? I forgot the name because we didn't have it this year. Yeah. Where he's been that long. Slow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we might have those Eeyore type games from him mm. um to start the season but they'll be mental and i think by mid-season he's gonna be like no, i feel good i'll play 
and the staff's gonna be like, no, we 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 planned this. This is this is a rest day, and he's be like, uh, I feel good. I want to play, and that that's where you have to get everybody on board, you know. And it's not just him. You do it like you got to watch out for Aaron Gordon, and you got to watch out for Michael Porter Jr., and you got to watch out for Will Barton if he comes back, and. You know, all the guys that play more than 20 to 20, all the guys that play more than 25 minutes a night, I think are in that concern zone. Yeah. So um, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the rotation and, and whether they can make that happen next season with a lot of things that we don't know yet. We'll have to go through the unknowns before we get to the knowns. We'll do that when we come back. Um, but first, do want to tell you about Spotify Green Room. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app's free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me and Adam and everybody about your favorite team or sport. There's also lots of different rooms on Spotify Green Room. We'll be we host our Locked On Nuggets live shows on Friday. I used to call them mailbags, but they're really just live shows. We have guys get up and not guys, people get up. Everyone's welcome. Uh, people get up and give their takes and questions and all of that. You can join in on the conversation on Friday at noon. Join us on Spotify Green Room. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Today on the road to the finals to hell, I mean, the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I apologize. I'm just very bummed out by the uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo injury news. So, Adam, we're talking about rest management, load management for next season, given all this this huge spate of injuries. Like, this is part of it that I think has to be considered is, look, Jamal's not going to be back until January at the very earliest, probably March. Like, we're spitballing here. The front office hasn't given an estimate. If, if you're curious, let's talk about that for a second, actually. Um, if you're curious about, like, hey, can you guys give us some news on like Jamal's timeline? It is so dependent on how the rehab goes. If the rehab goes and like, there's a lot of guys that it's like, Hey, we think we might get him back early. And then you actually get there and it's like the conditioning slows him down. Man. I think it's so far away that there's no way anybody would ever say anything, but in it's smart. And this is like, sometimes they don't say anything. And all of a sudden a player pops up as being healthy. And we're like, come on, you couldn't have given us a, you know, thrown us a bone. Yep. This isn't one of those. Like maybe, Come January next year, it'd be nice to get a bonus. Hey, yeah, he's doing full court workouts. He's we're just trying to get him more reps, get his wind up before he goes. With something like that, which we probably won't get. But as far as projecting out seven months, there's no way they would ever do that. They protect the players, which they should, uh, pretty well. The part of it is you don't want to set the expectation because then the player feels pressure because everybody's like, Hey, you're coming back. Right. Hey, I heard you're coming back. Yeah. You're, you're playing Friday, right, man? Aren't you aren't you back? And then he gets excited, and then like so you just gotta like temper that. That's why, like, a lot of times, like they they really will like it's the next year is gonna be a battle with all of us on the beat that are gonna be asking questions of the presser, and you have to remind yourself to be like, Hey, so uh did Jamal practice today or you know and like you have to keep doing that and then you have to not do it so much that it gets obnoxious because then they issue the here is the statement do not ask about jamal anymore yeah. like you have to balance both of those we'll have an update on media day they'll they'll give well one of us will ask about the, the expected timeline they'll say there's no timeline we expect them back sometime the injury the, they'll say no matter how the, the actual rehab is going they'll say it's going great and they he's hopeful to be back you know, after the all-star break sometime, which that could be 
the end of time. You never, you know, technically after the all-star break is any moment and after the all-star break. But I would, I still say kind of think I'm trying to be like a little, I'm pushing back a little bit on my earlier stuff just because I don't want to set unreal expectations. I I do still kind of think that with the way that, that Murray attacks rehab, I kind of expect him back in March is when I'm, which gives you about a month of time for the playoff start, which is not ideal, but that's Ooh, how it goes. It's tough. He also won't be able to play back to back. So let's be very clear on that. Jamal won't be able to play back to backs. Right. After coming back, he will absolutely. He comes not back play. in March, though. It's probably only two or three back to back. I mean, two or three games. So you say that, and then the NBA will schedule <laughs> the Nuggets on. What they'll do is, hey, we oh, finally yeah. gave the Nuggets <laughs> six six national television games in the month of April. You're you're 100 right that the Nuggets schedule will come out backloaded with back to backs. They'll all be in March. Yeah. They'll have none before that. It'll be great. They'll all be on national TV versus the Lakers and Warriors. That's so true. Yeah, people that go, is oh, absolutely. Yeah, the Nuggets are actually good. Every time I see them, they're terrible. Oh. Terrible, terrible. Uh, you know Zeke Naji, I think is part of the development plan. You mentioned that. Um, what position? I, I have answered this question, but what about you? Like, what position do you see Zeke playing in the future? Three and four, primarily four. Um, five, I just don't know. I mean, he can play. I think he probably be, will be able to play the five a la Saric in this playoffs. But I think his, like, everybody's healthy. What's If he's a part of your best lineup, he's probably playing some, comp, like, Jeremy Grant-esque combo forward. It's crazy because he was drafted as, like, a five. <laughs> like, yeah. He was, like, he's the next guy nine. on the fives list. He's only 6'9", which is – and he's pretty mobile. I mean, I do think his his feet are really quick defensively. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes him and Michael Porter both are combo forward. Hopefully it works out like it did with Jeremy Grant and sort of did when everybody was healthy with Aaron Gordon, where Zeke is just that combo guy that covers, you know, guards the best defensive four, but then gets to stand in the corner on offense or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. So are there other guys on the roster that you think can step up and maybe fill bigger minutes next season to get that rotation a little more rounded into shape? I mean, Zeke is the, obviously the one guy. Um, outside of that, I don't know who is on the roster. I mean, Faku played so much already. Like you would say Faku. Even Faku, by the way, in his exit interview said, I played a lot more than I expected to this year. This is why I always throw like to the Argentinians who are like, you're lower on him. I'm like, hey, even he didn't think he would be a playoff right. starting point guard. Um, so, But he already played a lot. But I do think he'll play a lot more. And I'm just so curious to see if he comes back with any added skill, you know, specifically if he tailored his game to fit this team and, and did anything. I don't know who else it would be, though. Honestly, you look at I mean, if Will Barton is back, he clearly becomes, like, in a lot of ways, the number two option on Denver's team. Um, P.J. Dozier, I guess that's the guys. I kind of think about it. P.J. Dozier is a guy that I could see making a leap and being an impact player that becomes as important as anybody not named Jokic and maybe Porter. I've talked about this in regards specifically to Murray, but I'll ask you in general, do they need to add veterans that can maybe play a few more minutes? Probably. I just think they need bodies. I mean, part of this is who's, you know, I think there's a chance they lose one of or both Barton and Jermichael Green. And if that's the, even if they don't, but, but especially if they do, you just need, you just need minutes somewhere. So yes. Let's say both those guys are back, whether it's resign or opt-in. Okay. Okay. The rotation, Jokic, to start the year, Jokic, Porter, Gordon, Dozier, Gordon, Gordon, Monte, Faku, Will, Jamichael. That's eight. Yeah. How how deep do you want to get it to? 
Yeah. Again, I think, well, first of all, there are injuries that just happens throughout the year, but I do think that Denver would be smart to try to buy some rest for a Jokic, buy some rest for even a Porter or maybe some of your older players. So you probably want to have 12 guys that you feel comfortable with in a, a wow. 10 man rotation. Wow. That's a lot of guys to feel good about. It's tough. It's really yeah. tough. Like 10, I think you can do. Yeah. You know, that's Zeke and then one more dude. Yeah. And then you're, and then you're good. I, I do think this is maybe the, tr- the transition though, is they need to start. They need, I, I do kind of feel like they need to find like a veteran that can just like, they need a veteran that honestly is okay to be like, yeah, I'm okay. If I play 15 minutes on Tuesday and don't play Wednesday and then play 12 minutes Saturday. Yeah. Like that, that's that I think is. Here's, part of here's a team. name that's funny for you. That changes maybe the way we think about the season, Greg Whittington. Like, I don't think he's coming back, but you know, was he, wow. was he, it's just funny. You think, cause he got hurt in training camp. Like he had the worst luck yeah. trying to be making the NBA. He just had no impact on the season whatsoever. We don't even know what kind of player he was, but I do wonder if he was brought in to be a long-term project or if he was brought in more to be a, let's see if you're Tory Craig. And if not, we'll let you go. And then it just ended up, he get hurt and it's like, well, we can't do anything with him. So I, I, well, the reason I bring that up is if you look at this year to start the season, they had RJ Hampton, Zeke Naji, Bull Bull, Vlatko Chanchar, Marcus Howard, and Greg Whittington. None of those guys were expected to play any minutes. So you had a lot of roster spots that just went to future projects, not not this year projects. And I want I just don't I think this is the last year Denver does that. I think next year they have like three of those guys, not seven. I think I agree with that. I think it's probably time to to transition away from taking shots because you have the team that you know you can compete with. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk. Uh, oh, I need to do the radio tease. When we come back, should the Nuggets trade for Damian Lillard? Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's after the break. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, oh, yes. Got to talk about Bilt Bar. How can I go up episode without talking about Bilt Bar? Nine delicious flavors plus the occasional, quote, limited time flavor. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry. Some people like mint brownie because they're evil. (laughs) Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite flavor is obviously raspberry. I've talked about it before. I just think the white chocolate raspberry combination is delicious. If you haven't tried them all, you can get a mix box where you get two of each. Some of the flavors have 18 grams of protein. Others have just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device using promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N, to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Starring July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Draft, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Adam, on the Locked On, or not Locked On, on the Low Post this week, Zach Lowe of ESPN had on Chris Herring, a colleague I've known for a long time, have hung out with him on, on various finals trips. Love Chris Herring, extremely smart. Love Zach Lowe. They were talking about theoretical Damian Lillard trades, and they did ask this question speculatively. This is not based on asked this one, and he likes the trade. He asked it, but it, he also said, yes, this is not a trade he's hearing anything about. He just personally yeah, likes not it. Totally speculative. Would they consider a Jamal Murray-Damian Lillard trade? What is that idea like? Um, I think with Murray on the ACL... And not Dame. You have to give up Dame and, right? Uh, I have a different. I don't think question. that much, though. I don't think it's that much. Not not that much. It's a pretty. It's not. It's the money works, and you'd have to give up like. If you're maybe like, if you're Portland getting Jamal Murray, who has five years on his deal left, even though one of those mm-hmm. is kind of flushed down the toilet, like that's a really yeah. that's a really good that's a good that's a good haul. Yeah, I think picks have to go with it though. I think if you're Portland, you're still asking for two picks. So I was in. Well, let me let's talk, let's dive into this though because there's a lot of interesting. It's a thought experiment. Everybody's going to be upset. This is a thought experiment. I think like yeah. less about the trade and more about the conversation that will stem from it. Um, one, I, when I went on Zach Lowe's podcast, he said, "I hope those two never break up, Murray and Jokic. Like it's rare that we get this anymore. And there's such a, so it's hilarious that here we are three months later, and he's like, "I got a trade." Let's do this. So just that part cracked me up. Um, but two, I'm shocked. I'm a little surprised at how much, how definitive it was in both of their mind, two very smart, well-respected basketball thinkers and writers, that Murray would never be as good as Damian Lillard. I was kind of surprised by that because while I think that Lillard is fantastic and I think that Jamal Murray has a long way to go to catch him, I think some of like the raw production from Jamal Murray is more about his willingness to fit within a system alongside Jokic than it is about his inability to do to like score a whole bunch of points. Like I, I think Murray on the Orlando Magic probably scores 25, 26 a game, which is what Lillard scores, you know, for his teams. I don't think he does it as efficiently. I'll say that. I think I think Jamal could definitely just average 25 a night easy on a team. I think doing it efficiently is such a higher bar. It's one of the reasons I was so impressed with Zach Levine this year is because he did it at a, he did it so efficiently. Like he was scoring a ton of points and doing it efficiently. Um, I even beyond like the, the statistical production, just in terms of watching him, is it true that Jamal sometimes has Dame moments? Yeah. But Dame always feels like he's going to take over a game. Like it just feels like every single minute you, the crowd is buzzing with what Damian Lillard is going to do when he's got the ball in his hands versus Jamal might get it going. And then it's like, Oh my gosh. And honestly, it's like Jamal sneaks up on you. Sometimes he's done that with us. Like, we'll be like, yeah. Oh, Jamal hit a jumper. Oh, Hey, he hit another one. And then it was like, 
then it's like, oh, Jamal has 19 in the quarter. Yeah. Like, you know, that that happens with him. Um, I think I can't see Jamal ever being as good as Dame. I can see him being one level below, which is still a really, 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 really great player, and I'd love to see him hit that. Um, but Dame's control of the game, the way these impact stuff, and maybe this is unfair because maybe it just really just comes down to, like, Dame won as the guy from such an early age. You know, like they made the playoffs the second season. He beat Houston on the game winner in that, in that, right. like his second run, you know. And you could say, well, hey, Jamal beat the Spurs. And the, in, in the, yeah. And that's the thing is it felt, it felt different. It was a couple of years later. Um, I do have this question for you because it, it, this one sparked in my mind. So, like, I've, I've made it clear that, like, I've been critical of Porter. And when everybody has gotten frustrated and said, like, so did they trade him? I've always said no. The line I heard very early in the season was, like, the only way that the the Nuggets would ever trade Michael Porter Jr. was for an MVP-level guy. Damian Lillard's an MVP-level guy. Like, he's was in that conversation for much of the year. Yeah. We've talked about how much Damian Lillard next to – or having a point guard next to Jamal might unlock Murray even more. If the Blazers yeah. called, which they won't, but if the Blazers called and we're like, hey, so MPJ. A package um, built around MPJ is, yeah. A package built around MPJ. Oh. I mean, here's the, the only reason, like, obviously that would be great value for Denver. As good as Porter is, Lillard is a proven, as you mentioned, a proven best scorer in the NBA for a season. Like, But Michael Porter might get there on his best outcome but i don't i don't know um but i don't know that your ticket is three all offensive players murray lillard Jokic, who don't complement each other defensively like who are the two players you put around that trio that make you succeed and you're talking about two of the best defensive forwards in the nba that are one-way players i mean i don't even know who that would be but it would have to be elite defensive guys that are on like value deals and i i just as good as that would be offensively, I, I don't know that that's your ticket. I finally found it, Adam. I finally found the offensive combination that forces <laughs> you to be like, no, no, you've got to care about. Maybe it would, though. Maybe it would. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> now, now that you think about it, you're like, but wait. Maybe they just score 135 points per game, and it wouldn't matter. What, one thing I will say about the Dame situation. A lot of people will bring up the years with Murray, and it's like, well, he's only, I think he's 25 or 24. Um, but here's the thing. I don't know that Lillard or that you can count on Murray in Denver beyond whatever it is you could count on Lillard in Denver. Lillard has three more years. So if you did trade for him, like you get three years of Damian Lillard, Denver might very well only have three years of Jamal Murray. Like that's, that's just how these things work. So that, that might be a point. And then also, you know, Lillard's 31 guys are playing a little bit older. I mean, Chris Paul's what he's he 36, 30 and still playing at a high level. So maybe Lillard still has five years of high level play in him, which exceeds whatever contract he's on. So that part of it, I think people can overstate a little bit when you say like they could have Murray for 10 more years. They probably won't have Murray for 10 more years. They just probably won't. I'll say this. I was frustrated with the conversation about Lillard the other day as well, that this idea is like, like some in, in like, this is on the national shows of like Damian Lillard has been losing for nine years. I know, yeah. He was in the conference finals. And I'm like, we have to not do that, man. 
Like Damian Lillard's not a loser. Are you kidding me? He's won big time games. He's won playoff series literally on last shots that he has made to turn them right. into series wins. He did it twice. You know, a few guys have done that. Right. Uh, he's won at a really high level. And the way that this translates with Jamal is the Nuggets have built a winning team with a superstar next to him. They've supported him. They stuck by him. They traded right. Jameer Nelson to get him more minutes. They've, they cleared the deck for him to start. They bought into him. They extended him for the max the second they could. Like they, they've done absolutely. I, I, the Nuggets have done everything that you can ask a franchise to do. And if that's not enough, that does tell you a lot about where the NBA is at. I also don't necessarily think that Jamal's wired that way. I used to, and I was wrong. I think Jamal, you just don't know. I'm not saying he is or isn't. It's just you don't know. Three know. years from now, you don't know. I mean, that, that it's just too hard to say. And I even think, like, if you just said, what's par? Par is that, yeah, he would give you his full second contract and then be gone. I mean, that's that's par. Isn't that par in today's NBA? Don't most, would you say most players give you that length? And then it's like, hey, I'm just ready for a change of scenery or something. I mean, yeah, yeah. I want something new. That makes sense. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out the show on 9 News Denver, and you can watch it in the video format if you prefer. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll have a special guest tomorrow on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Nuggets. For Adam Mares from DMVR, I'm Matt Moore from the Action Network. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Nuggets. We'll see you guys again next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.